0: Hey, folks, just wanted to make a quick note at the top of this week's show that this episode about Rogue includes some implication of suicide ideation on her part. And we talk about that in the context of the episode. And we don't get graphic, but it is a topic that we discuss on here. And if you're not up for that, all good. You might want to skip this one, though. I'm Maddie.
1: And I am Ryan. This is the Mutant Ages. Goodbye, everyone.
0: <laughs> We're done. <laughs> We don't have anything else to say. Uh, This episode was too depressing and we're logging off and we don't want to talk about it. No, just kidding. This is one of your favorite episodes of X-Men Evolution ever. It is. It is. The reason we watch an episode of X-Men Evolution is because this is a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. And talk about how queer-coded they are, how political they are, how their depiction of PTSD is interesting, etc, etc, etc. That's this show. Back when we were young, we experienced- this is your favorite episode i feel like i say that
1: with x-men evolution I okay, would say like
0: but you did i mean I, did, I your f- real favorite episodes are boom boom episodes well, the, okay the boom boom
1: is my favorite one this is probably my second favorite one i so season three of this show is just really good it's really dark it's really really good i i know this episode in and out like i do with those few episodes at the end of season two leading in season three where i was like wow this is like actually very good this episode's really good. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know. I don't know why it stuck with me, but I watch this episode on repeat all the time. Like all the time. This
0: is such a downer episode to watch on repeat. Though I don't know. I mean, I guess I
1: kind of felt like like I don't feel like I was relating to Rogue necessarily. Maybe, but like I mean, we were all unhinged in our teens, so maybe in some way <laughs> yeah. we did feel relatable to Rogue here. So this episode, yeah, this episode is not like a funny episode other than the occasional mocking of Gene and Scott finally like maybe baning
0: okay yeah you're right there are sort of some jokes about gene and scott in here but like they're not that funny they're kind of cute they're not that funny
1: and they're kind of they're kind of at rogue's
0: expense a little bit not not intentionally i know because rogue well rogue still has a crush on scott which is sort of yeah. an undercurrent in this episode but mostly it's about identity and like rogue figuring out who she is as a person because she's absorbed all these other people in a literal way
1: so this whole episode deals a lot with depression and trauma and not being able to fit in it deals a lot with betrayal and heartbreak in more than one way yeah it's very subtly does things in this that, that that we'll talk about as we go into the episode but it has very subtle references as to what rogue is actually experiencing i think part of the reason why i really love this episode is that it's one of those few shows at the time that showed what a mental breakdown looks like and Mm -hmm. it's not because like rogues in this episode starts having these personalities fight for who's going to be the primary person in her head but so much as it's like like, there's a part where she's in, in an alley and she's just sobbing like this whole episode involves a lot of rogue sobbing this episode's also a little backward because this is the plot line from the comic books in which rogue was part of the brotherhood and she had absorbed too many people including captain marvel and she couldn't control it anymore and mystique had to yep. let her go to xavier because xavier was the only one yes. who could help sort that shit out in the comic yeah. books although they, they
0: did that in x-men tas as well though remember that was also rogue's backstory they did. then and
1: so but for some reason in this show they kind of did it later on in which xavier does show up and delete everything in her head it it's questionable yep. if it really actually helped because even afterwards, Xavier's like, I really don't know if I did anything helpful or if I just made everything like a thousand times worse. Uh,
0: <laughs> okay, that's like skipping ahead to the end of this episode. That's true. But yeah, spoiler alert, Xavier didn't particularly help things. I mean, we don't know we yet. Don't, we we don't, don't know. Maybe he so, did. But this is, a, this is
1: a good character arc for Rogue. And I was thinking a lot about our listeners who love Rogue on this show. And I feel like a lot of them probably related to this on some level and... Trying to figure mm-hmm. out who you are, what your identity is, and also feeling like nobody likes you at that age, and sort of feeling yeah. like betrayed all the time. I definitely, as a teenager, was constantly in the drama llama world of thinking everybody was <laughs> trying to like out to get me, but also were my best friends. I mean, we all had a live journal at that time. We know what that time frame was like. That's a podcast of its own. Just <laughs> yeah. rereading our live journals.
0: God, no one wants to do that <laughs> except for you. I mean, but anyway, I yeah, I I feel like it's. The, the interesting part of it to me is that Rogue is basically triggered by a regular sort of mundane life event of Scott uh, shacking up with Jean and her realizing that that's what's really going on and that it's never going to happen with her and Scott. That is what actually triggers her breakdown, not just like regular style, like she always would have had this breakdown with all these personalities. It's like a regular thing. Yeah. Have you ever had like a real
1: hardcore crush on somebody? Right. And you really spent like well over a year or two really showing them that you're there for them and that you wanted to be there for them and that you like cared about them that way. And then like, it became apparent to you very quickly that they weren't interested in you in that way or they were interested in somebody else. And like and they
0: just see you as a friend and there's nothing you can do. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, it is
1: sad. And being friend-zoned like that is really hard. But I think...
0: <laughs> Even though the friend-zone isn't real in that way, you can't force no. people to be your lover. But yeah, I mean... No, you
1: can't. You can't. I mean, as an adult, I, th- I feel like if I... I have not experienced that so much as an adult because it's like I can kind of I
0: feel like it's something that happens when you're younger, because like as an adult, I'm so much more confident now and I'm so much more likely to just early on say like, I'm interested in you. Do you want to go on a date? Like if I have a crush on somebody? Whereas as a kid you don't have that confidence and you're just like if i just hang out near this person for two years maybe they'll figure it out and it's like no that's not a thing no but also like i remember okay but i think
1: in terms of the metaphor here as a teenager and also like a young adult for many years i would say like well into my late 20s because this is just how the world was until recently like being a, a gay kid, a queer kid or a queer adult yeah. and not being able to know if you are even flirting with somebody who is like also interested in you because you can't tell if they even swing that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's such a much more complicated That's layer. That's a whole
0: other... Um, and yep, at yep. least
1: now it's becoming a lot more open to the idea of you're not necessarily straight. Well,
0: more people are out. Yeah.
1: And like that has changed things dramatically yeah. in a way where it's easier to flirt with people. But like, I remember for many years that I would be really into somebody and they just weren't picking up on the vibes, but they were also being really nice to me. And I was like, I think they actually are into me. And honestly, they probably were, but they couldn't come to terms with their feelings about it because, you know, being anything but straight is wrong. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or, or yeah. like, and I've had friends that are open about that kind of stuff where they're like, yeah, you know i'm into you and i sometimes i am into guys but i'm going to immediately friend zone all the guy friends so i don't have to like like i'm just going to compartmentalize all that and just not deal with those feelings and Oof. it is so hard to deal with that and it's like and there's still a lot of adults who are that way and i'm just kind of like if they do that now i'm kind of like i'm like okay that is your problem and it is so not mine (laughs) but like you know but i do remember what it was like back then i thankfully did not have any crushes on guys in my high school because they were all obnoxious so there's that but i do remember and i've talked about this with you a little bit recently when i was going through old live journal entries just because of therapy and everything and I, I found, you know, Roberto was in mass art briefly and I had mm-hmm. a teacher that was kind of like a TA, but he got his own class and he was maybe like I was nineteen, twenty, and I think he was like 24 or something like that. He was really hot and I really loved hanging out with him. Like yeah. he was really into art. He was really into comic books and like he was really smart and funny. And like we like, you know, I took his class and you know, eventually, like it, we kind of had like sort of a friendship outside of class because it, it's a weird it's a weird line to yeah. cross because like I wasn't officially a student I was just there as an adult taking this class because I was like 20 it's
0: also like if it's a TA then it's like that's somebody who's your age Yeah, and he's
1: also like three or four years older than me so like it's not that okay. weird
0: but here I remember he took you to a museum and like to this day you've always wondered if it was a date or not but like you were too awkward at the time to figure it out and he like,
1: literally asked me to go see this like art show with him he didn't ask anybody else yeah. he asked just me and I was like yeah I'd go it was
0: probably a date. Dude. i think hey, so is too just ryan thinks back on sad situations in his life where he couldn't <laughs> no, no, no. figure out that men were interested in him is that what this is
1: <laughs> no let me get to the end of the story so we okay. went on that like date didn't realize what was happening and there was like sort of like this awkward vibe on the way back where i think he was like waiting for me to make a move and i just did not understand that right and so well
0: he could have made a move true
1: but like i don't <laughs> really know so then then i think like we either had class or something else to go to and so That was that. But I remember there was another day a few weeks after that where he was like outside talking to people from class that were talking about their favorite comic books. And they said something about ghosts in the shell. And they were like, oh, hey, and he was like, oh, yeah, like the girl. And that was pretty hot. Like, that's all he said. And I immediately at that time, like, was like, wow, he's not into me. He's only into girls, which, by the way, he that could have been like a million things. He could have been bi. He could have been a gay guy that thought that a girl was hot (laughs) in a comic book. He also could have just said that to sort of uh, like
0: cover for being gay. yeah. Yeah. Or he
1: was straight. I don't know, but I made that decision right in that moment that I was like, okay, he's not into me and I'm never gonna talk to him ever again. And then like the next time I saw (gasps) him the next time I saw him, he like asked me if like I was okay. And I like went home and basically had a a rogue-styled mental breakdown. But that is just like what it is like at that age. And it's and the reason why I bring that up is that as a queer kid, it's so much more difficult to navigate those feelings. And I think as a mutant, it probably is also difficult and challenging to navigate that because you're already trying to deal with these challenging feelings and thoughts that are in your mind just because you already don't fit in because you're already being repressed. Yeah. you know.
0: And like in this case, it's like Scott is one of the few mutants that rogue knows. So it's like safe for her to have a crush on him. Cause like he already knows her situation. He already knows she can't touch anybody. Like that's already this huge barrier where she feels like she can't tell anybody that she knows. And then also, like, of the, you know, 10 mutants she knows, Scott's dating one of the other ones. And it's like, oh, well, I guess that's over now. Like, what else is there? I like
1: how this is like an extended previously on the X-Men. It
0: is an extended previously on the X-Men. We
1: also have to mention that Mystique has been posing as Risty Wilde, her best friend. Also gay lover. It's really strange. I saw somebody unrelated to the Mutant Ages post about this recently where they're like remember when Mystique posed as this girl that hit on Rogue to like get closer
0: to her daughter and <laughs> I, I was, was like so weird because Mystique is constantly like let's you and me do something together and it's like blatantly a date and like I feel like Rogue is always interpreting it that way whereas Mystique is always like I just want to get closer to my kid and like do some mommy daughter time and it's like well you didn't tell her who you I were I mean like so... this whole episode
1: revolves around how <laughs> fucked up it is that Mystique did any of this and it's like I wouldn't even say, like, she did it in a malicious way. I think, honestly, she just wanted to be close to Rogue. I think that's it.
0: Okay, but this is a stupid way to do oh, I it. I
1: agree. But, like, Mystique has no ability to figure out how to do that without doing this incredibly manipulative kind of way. Because... This God. episode involves Mystique sad. being very sad about the situation and also I know. really scared that something's going to happen to Rogue because Irene is basically having these flashes that Rogue might die. I know. And there's no more information than that. And so Mystique is like freaking out through this whole thing.
0: Yeah. So should we get to it or is there any other previously on that we should say? No, that's it. Oh, wait. I want to say one thing really quick about Logan. Oh,
1: could you have something about your like past that's also really <laughs> detrimental and no. tragic?
0: I mean, I'm sure I do. God, I mean, the number of girls I had crushes on that were totally unrequited, sad, but we don't need to get into it Um. anyway. uh, So Logan also has an episode that was like way, way back in season one. We made fun of it a lot at the time because it was like the mind control dial that was getting turned up constantly on Logan. Oh, yeah, this is I just was yeah, thinking about important. that because Logan in this episode is also a character with PTSD, also a character who struggled with identity and not knowing who he was. In a different way than Rogue. And mostly I just was thinking about that episode and how I wish it had been as good as this one. Because I feel like this episode is so much stronger when it comes to portraying all of that. And it's too bad that Logan didn't get that same treatment. But, oh well, you know? Like, at least they still have these these moments here where Logan and Rogue get to relate to one another. And they're kind of redeeming what they didn't do for Logan. You know what I mean? Like, they're retroactively doing that.
1: They did a lot of stuff in this episode where... They did such a good job with this. Where Logan, even in the comic books... You know how all this shit is such... Like... Logan's a mess All all the time With so much drama Following around him He does have Massive PTSD So he's allowed Yeah Uh, And he he does do things To try and deal with it Like he'll go away Into the woods Or he goes to Japan And becomes like A samurai (laughs) He learns how to (laughs) Meditate I know Like he has gone to like Charles I mean like Can you please fix my brain And Charles is like No
0: I mean I feel like That's the real reason That it's an issue Is that like The only therapist Any of these characters Know is Charles Xavier And they're like I guess I'll just keep going going to Xavier, even though it's not helping me. And it's like, God, you've (laughs) got to feel sorry for these poor people. Oh, I do. I
1: do. And so anyway, I think what I love about Logan, and it's portrayed very well in this episode, is that he has all this bullshit happening like all the time. But as soon as some other character, especially a friend or family member of his is, is going through a highly traumatic situation, he'll drop all of his bullshit to make sure he's there for that person. I know. He's like, I'm here for you. I get it.
0: It's very Logan. It's why we love him. Anyway, let's yeah. let's recap the episode. Shall we? Now that it's okay. like 20 minutes in. Uh, so It's like
1: 12. But sure.
0: <laughs> okay, so it opens up with Rogan Scott playing racquetball together and they're just you know playing a game which apparently they do all the time as sort of revealed in the dialogue
1: and grunt sexually they do grunt sexually together
0: i mean it's definitely like you can't blame rogue for still having a crush on scott if they're playing like solo racquetball games together and like getting really sweaty and then scott is like bye gonna go fuck gene again Rogue is just sitting there like, God, damn honestly, it. I don't
1: I don't know why. I wish there was another character she could be into that was not Scott because he's like yeah. the least interesting person it's just to me. He's the whatever. only other
0: guy who's not like her brother like Kurt is. It's like, who else <laughs> is, there's, I mean, I really think that's the reason. Although Gambit is in the next episode after this one. So maybe they're going to start introducing some Gambit Rogue tension, which oh, they we do. have already seen. Rogue meet Gambit and they already had sexual tension, but they don't really see each other on the regular in this show yet. So for now it's just Scott because she's sad. I don't know. I know it's not from the comics or anything, but I don't hate it because it's mostly just a sign of like how Rogue is lonely and that's fine. It doesn't matter. So anyway, Scott um, and Rogue have this little conversation because Rogue is like, let's play racquetball tomorrow too. And Scott is like, I can't, I'm going to a concert. And Rogue is like, oh yeah, Are you going with anybody? And Scott's like, yeah, Gene. And then Rogue is kind of like, oh, ha, ha cool, have fun. I don't care about that. Ha ha yeah. ha.
1: Yeah. Also in the name of this band is called the Desconzo
0: Rivers. Yeah. Which, what does that mean? I don't even, I don't know. I listened I, to it, that it, name like multiple times because I was like, What?
1: What? <laughs> like the first the first word isn't even like a word. It's just
0: Yeah, I don't know. I also thought Gonzo? it was the Descanso ravens at first, and then I was like, Rivers. Oh, maybe it I is. Don't, I don't know. I don't think so. So then Rogue collapses to the ground. And then this is what triggers her flashback. Her first flashback, which you think maybe it's a flashback to her being in Jean's mind, because there was that moment when she like touch Jean when Jean was having her like dark Phoenix breakdown, like several episodes back. But the flashback that she has here is actually of a memory that she was not present for and watched from like upstairs where Scott is giving Jean a bouquet of flowers. Like this is not her having a flashback to being in Jean's mind. This is her having a flashback to something that happened to her rogue that she watched. And like, I just thought that was interesting that this is what triggers all the other flashbacks was like, not something to do with her powers, something to do with like her own actual real life heartbreak, which then triggers all these other issues. You know what I'm saying? I just thought it was interesting.
1: I think it, I think that's interesting, too. Um, And that this is this is very relatable again it's not just because like she has all these identities in her head it's just it's
0: her life you know she's depressed because nobody likes her according to her
1: yeah but like i remember i remember high school and what it felt like to be like if you feel like somebody doesn't like you you then start thinking like overthinking it and you start spiraling and start thinking about all these other situations and you're like yeah. oh was he not interested in me in that time oh or like also like was Jean trying to be like mean to me At that time or was she like Like you know you just start yeah. questioning everything
0: Like Rogue constantly thinks That Jean is being mean to her which like It's been sort of debatable right. as to whether or not That's the case and like yes. it's It's been very well done And now done.
1: she is like Spiraling basically yes. so it's it gets worse Because her powers are also involved with this By the way it's called the Descanso Rivets What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay that makes even less sense <laughs> I don't think this means anything anyway um so uh okay now I have to find my notes again okay so then the next scene is we see Destiny, a.k.a. Irene, again, for the first time in many, many, many episodes. So we probably should have explained who she is, I guess. So Irene is Mystique's wife, although they have a real on-and-get-off-again relationship on this show, but they did raise Rogue together. Right. And so... Irene gets back in touch with Mystique and is basically like, "We need to meet up." And so they do. Mystique disguises herself as a cat and then hops into the that car. That jumps through
1: the window. Ridiculous. and I was like Why did she do that? Why did she just get into the car? Like, I was like, Mystique, this is She's not like, necessary. She's like, "What if anybody's
0: watching me? I have to make sure nobody sees me get in the car with my wife." Okay, Mystique. Okay, whatever. But I mean, people were actually, closeted that is, back That then, is fair. So
1: that's true. But also, like, I don't. I think it's far more suspicious that if you roll up to yeah, a that a cat, and a cat hops just jumps. in the window.
0: It's like that's crazy. Yeah. But I guess nobody. Would necessarily think it was a mutant. I don't know what people would think. That's true. I would mostly just be impressed that the cat was so well trained because it's really hard to train a
1: cat. (laughs) Yeah, like I yeah, seriously, like who trains cats to jump through windows?
0: Anyway, the cat jumps into the car window with Irene in there waiting and turns into Mystique. And Mystique is sort of annoyed, and she's like, Now tell me, Destiny, what's so important? Where it's like, okay, why are they getting back together for this one moment? And Destiny is like, I've come to warn you, Mystique. I've had disturbing visions about Rogue. It's always been clear that she'll somehow play a key role in our future. But now it all grows dim. She may not live long enough to fulfill it. And your theory here Throughout this entire episode Is not that Rogue Is going to be killed By somebody else But that she will kill herself And I think that is yeah. borne out by the episode Although they don't spell it out Because like nobody In
1: this episode Is trying to kill her and No even the... And nobody
0: would try to kill her Everyone's trying to help her
1: I guess at some point Maybe like the cops Or the military May try to kill her But like that's Or like
0: Xavier I thought you were gonna say Xavier Like Xavier coming <laughs> Xavier... in And being like We should just kill her I could totally see him doing that i mean
1: yeah that's true he's like he'd be like rogue cannot be saved anymore she's beyond the point of despair and
0: logan is like are you serious like what no
1: but i do i think as the episode goes on the only thing she cries out is like please help me make it stop and then there's towards the end of it she does say things she's like i cannot control this there's nothing i can do and she's like "It it sounds like to me that the reason that she was going to die was never going to be because somebody was going to kill her, but that all these different voices in her head was going to drive her to actually just kill herself, which is a really dark, super
0: dark. And I, again, it doesn't explicitly say that in the episode, but I agree with you. I feel like that interpretation makes a lot more sense.
1: It does. And I feel like this episode does a lot in general. So you kind of have to look at the subtext. And that is one of the things that I immediately noticed about this episode. Probably the first time I watched it, I was like, Oh, Rogue is feeling... So helpless, and in order to make all the noise in her head stop, she'll like literally take a power jolt to her head if she has to. Yeah. And it's like, like the character really sad. in
0: Pi. <laughs> is that what you were thinking of? Have you seen I, that movie? No. Oh.
1: I have not. Oh, I was like, what? It,
0: the movie Pi, it's like this very weird experimental, it's pretty cool, actually. It's a cool, like, sort of horror movie. I actually think you would really like it. It's about a guy who discovers, like, the meaning or what he thinks is the meaning behind Pi, and he then starts, like, getting paranoid hallucinations that people. People are following him and that the government has like discovered something about what he knows. And he basically loses it. And it's one of those movies where you can't tell if he's right or not. And he's like been fundamentally changed oh, or not. And eventually this is there's the this 1998 dramatic movie. Yeah. There's yeah. this dramatic scene where he takes a power drill to his head, but then he survives it or seems to survive it. And like at the end of the movie, you're like, did that really happen or not? It's weird. If people like horror movies and like a cool imagery, that movie is a good movie to watch.
1: I remember, okay, that's so funny because that's one of those movies that I like have not seen and I've seen a lot of films. It
0: kind of reminds me of this episode, honestly, like (laughs) because you're like, what is real? And Rogue is experiencing a lot of that where there's a lot of surreal flashbacks where she's, She's experiencing not paranoid delusions per se. Okay. Also, you have
1: to understand that when you said, have you seen Pi, the movie, I didn't realize you meant the P.I. movie. I was like, P.I.E.? What?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. um, Wow. Anyway. So Rogue has um, a breakdown in the racquetball room and she throws her racquet at the wall and makes a hole because she's, you know, powerful. And that is important later. So that's why we're summarizing this. Yeah, we
1: also... I mean, we're seeing her use all of her powers in this, but this is the first flash we really get of her using super strength besides when she touched Juggernaut.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. So then we go to another scene where she's brushing her hair in her bedroom and she gets another flashback to being Jean for a second. She's putting on a little makeup. (laughs) Yeah. And then she puts on her gloves and she's like really jumpy and like not herself, literally. And so then she opens her bedroom door and Logan is just standing there like. I don't know, because he's about to knock on the door and she like jumps and she's like, uh, Logan, is something wrong? And he's like, that's kind of what I was wondering. And like takes out this broken racket that he apparently found in the racquetball room and is like, this look familiar. And Rogue is like
1: uh <laughs> okay but she's saved by kitty who comes around she's like um like come on my vagina girlfriend let's go jean's gonna give us a
0: ride in her new suv and they run off
1: kitty drags her away very gaily it was kind of a gay scene honestly it is
0: pretty gay it is pretty gay like kitty came by and was like you and me baby and then logan's like <laughs> uh okay um and so then jean is opening up her new car door because she has an suv she's
1: polishing it
0: yeah apparently xavier bought her an suv which come on xavier don't don't you care about the environment whatever man um and so then kitty and rogue hop in the back seat jean backs out of the garage and Kitty is like, let's carpool to the concert tonight. And Jean is like, uh, I'm kind of going with Scott. And Kitty's like, oh, whatever. I'll go with him, too. <laughs> and then she realizes <laughs> that it's a date. And she starts teasing Jean and being like, oh, my God, Scott and Jean. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. And then, like, Kurt bumps into a moving car, which I was really impressed by. By the way. <laughs> like, how did he okay, do that? I,
1: I have a theory about this because... Kitty says, "Oh my god, are you two going out?" And then Kurt baffs and it says, "Who's going out?" Yeah. Which means I was like, "Okay, which to me reads as Kurt was just on top of the car listening and was trying to sneak a ride. And then as soon as he heard the gossip, he bamped in to get more information. Okay.
0: That makes a lot more sense because he did hear the previous conversation or part of it.
1: Right. Cause he, it's not like he is psychic and he was, the car is moving. So clearly he heard something.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. I like that. The I other like
1: that. option is that they're like leaving the X mansion down the driveway and he's running after it and he hears they're going out and he bamps that. And he's like, who? <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah i think you're probably right because he must have heard part of it and of course kurt bamfing in whenever anybody's talking about scott getting laid is classic for Kurt. you
1: know i never realized it until we started reviewing it on this show how often kurt like it's like
0: single time kurt will bamf in and be like who's talking about scott fucking is it me has everybody figured out that it's me that he's fucking no okay good it's absurd so then kitty and kurt are both making fun of gene and scott and kurt is like it's about time which like of course you know they've had sexual tension for the past like 10 years of their lives and so gene is denying it and she's like it's not a date like everybody stop it and then rogue interrupts and she's like yeah would you guys drop it already and she seems really annoyed and Jean looks kind of worried because I think she can tell that Rogue is jealous and they're, they've are they been competitive with each other this whole time. Right,
1: that's true. And also, like, Rogue seems a little heartbroken. Yes. So. Well, she is. So Rogue is in the school and she has a flashback to remembering Kitty's memories. Right. And then, her, then Rogue phases through the door to the bathroom yep. in which Mystique is wristy now. And
0: she's like, there you are. I've been looking all over you since I got back from England. And Rogue is like, really? Because I haven't seen you in like a year. And Risty is like, yeah, you know, I was stuck in England. My parents wouldn't let me come back because this whole school's full of queers. <laughs> 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 and Rogue is like, yeah, that makes sense. Um,
1: I also placed what Risty looks like to me. She looks like Akima from Titan A.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, I could see it. I Doesn't it. she Yeah 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 She
1: looks like lesbian Akima Although yeah. maybe Akima was gay too Who knows <laughs>
0: I don't know she definitely has that like 90s cool girl design you know where she's like got That's purple true. hair and I don't know she's gay anyway they walk out of the bathroom together Risty apologizes for not being there for Rogue and Rogue is like I'm the one who should feel bad I mean here we are friends and I was hiding who I really was from you and then she like leans over to get a drink from the water fountain Risty's
1: like yeah I knew you're gay though so.
0: yeah it's fine also like it's mystique and she absolutely knows everything about Rogue but Rogue doesn't know that and she's being like honest with one of her friends and then right. rogue has yet another flashback this time to being storm which definitely a dangerous flashback and she causes all of this lightning to like overtake the water fountain and like explode electricity every there everywhere and Risty's like oh my god are you okay and rogue just says i don't know and runs away freaking the fuck out understandably yep. Um, meanwhile, all the other kids are watching this and they're like, what the fuck is going on? But they know mutants are real by now. So they just are like, OK, yeah, that's that weird girl who's gay. Yeah. So then Rogue is sitting by herself outside school alone because everybody's, you know, inside in class and stuff. And Risty follows her out there and is like, were those your powers? And Rogue is like. No, I mean, yes, I mean, sort of, it's too hard to explain. (laughs) And Rissy, I mean, I feel like Mystique is pretty cool here where she's just like, it's okay if you don't want to talk about it and like gets up to walk away and like kind of gives her space. And then Rogue is like, actually I do. And then she takes off her gloves and she's like, explains how her powers work. And is like, if I were to touch you, I'd put you in a coma, your life force, your memories, everything about you would flow into me and Risty is like that's freaky (laughs) and rogue (laughs) is like yeah and what's worse everyone i've touched stays inside me and it's getting a little crowded which is like uh yeah that would be a problem yeah
1: then mystique makes this really terrible call where she's like hey i have an idea let's go on a date to a massively packed concert tonight
0: yeah terrible
1: and i'm like what are you doing, Mystique? This is not the way to protect her.
0: I know it's not. But Rogue is excited and she's like, oh, I miss having you around. And like, yay, we get to go do something together. And it's like, in that way, it's the right thing to do. But it's also really, really the wrong thing to do.
1: Oh, it really is not helpful. But then we flash forward to the concert, which I know, okay, so this whole episode is really a big flashback to to that time period for me, where it's like, not only am I relating to rogue in this episode on some level but also it brings me back to 1920 right yeah not that you're 1920 the age is 19 to 20 right (laughs) when i was watching x-men evolution on repeat and i had downloaded to my computer and watched this episode a lot so that's already bringing me back then also like what rogue is going through as this goth girl dealing with like heavy emotions brings me back then they go into this concert where the music is like so 2003 2004 it's
0: like nickelback pearl jam like no it's like
1: better than nickelback nickelback it's a gtf fair
0: enough but it's like that is the look of the guys in the band though where they all have like soul patches and long hair and it's like four guys you know what i mean like they just have that 2000s look.
1: Yeah, it's got a very like Foo Fighters audio slave vibe going on totally. there. Totally.
0: Yeah, so anyway the Foo Fighters are playing. It's a huge stadium. Boom Boom's dancing. Kurt and Amanda are there on a date. Okay, I love that Boom
1: Boom is in the pit, by the way, it's which amazing. is so Boom The boom. pit is
0: going to be relevant, by the way. Um, Kitty, Kitty walks in with Jamie, who she apparently took with her, and Jamie is wearing a full suit and trying to get Kitty to wear a corsage, which is like it's really cute and sad. And Kitty is like, I'm <laughs> not going to fucking wear that. And then eventually she sees how disappointed he is and she's like, okay, fine. But we're not on a date. And he's like, what? And Kitty's like, listen, you're, you're the only one who didn't have plans, okay? Besides, you're like 12 years old. By the way, I think Kitty's only like 15. So like, give it a few years, Jamie. And then the <laughs> age difference won't be that bad. But like, at this age, the difference between 15 and 12 is like... 20 years you know like it's like a thousand years and Jamie's like Roberto loan me a suit and everything he wants a full report which is like oh my god
1: (laughs) also also Kitty's gay on this show. Let's just be real. I know, Kitty real. is gay,
0: you're right. Jamie has no chance. She was horny <laughs> for that
1: vampire lead in that school play in the first season. That
0: guy was also gay and I don't believe that she and Rogue were interested oh in that. Oh my him. god,
1: wait till you see the episode in season four where Kitty finds Danny Moonstar and we bring her into the show because that is like gay. It made me be like, I think Kitty and Danny it should canonically <laughs> date in the comic books. It was like so yeah. gay.
0: Um, so then Kitty drags Jamie uh, closer to the rest the crowd and she's like don't bump into anything and it's like kitty how are you going to prevent that from happening but whatever so they walk by gene and gene starts taunting kitty back and it's like kitty's got a date because she's trying to get kitty back for earlier right and scott kind of hears that and he's like uh what are you doing because it's kind of unlike gene to do that yeah and gene is like oh you know just pay back because she was teasing me first and then she and Scott have this really Awkward conversation
1: Oh my god I Which even, you, I
0: loved honestly because it's so teenage Do
1: you want to like put it in there Because it's will, really good I
0: will uh, What <laughs> is that <laughs> Payback well, She was teasing me about us being Uh
1: well What How about us being on a Yeah uh, you know Can you imagine <laughs> Really what's the big deal I mean we do stuff together all the time and even if we
0: are so what right right it's just none of their business because you know we're not like on a date but like are we though wait
1: and if we were like like Uh, who cares right (laughs) but we're not really like on one right right so but what like if we are like what are our feelings or no never mind (laughs) yeah we're just two friends, two really good friends, touching each other's butts.
0: Yeah. Um. So that goes on for like ten minutes, and then eventually yeah. we pan over to Rogue, who sees them because she just arrived with Risty. And Jean sees Rogue and looks a little worried because she's like, "Oh, Rogue's here." And then Rogue has yet another flashback. Yeah. And Risty sort of watches all this happen, and she's like, "Oh, you're like still really into Scott, huh?" Yeah. And Rogue is like, "No." Anyway, Jean and Scott are basically married by now. Anyway. And Risty's like, you can do better, girl. Which like sounds gay. <laughs> like, hey, okay, it-
1: I, that does sound gay. But also, Risty's voice because like it's not Mystique's voice, but the the tone. She because Risty looks over at Jean and Scott. She goes, "Really? They deserve each other." Yes. Like in a really Very like Mystique. condescending. Yeah. Yep. I loved it, and I I had to Google to see if it was the same actress as uh, Mystique's regular voice actor. It is not. This is somebody this is that situation where everybody gets to talk like the main voice actor for Mystique mm-hmm. for a period of time and like they have to do it subtly yeah. and this is a really good example of that
0: yeah I like it and so then in the next scene Risty's like elbowing them both into the pit and Rogue is like freaking out and she's like I don't do well in crowds and Risty's like oh relax you're covered up enough and it's like that's not even the beginning of the issue here Mystique like you need to be paying attention to your kid like she's not okay also like
1: Myst- Mystique was told by Irene that like rogue is in danger of dying. So Mystique sees this situation where rogues having trouble keeping all of these personalities in check. So she's like, let me put her in a place where there's even more people. And I I don't, actually know what Mystique was trying to accomplish here.
0: I don't either but I wonder if it's just like this is how Mystique deals with her mental health issues is by like going to a really loud concert and jumping in the pit and just beating people up for a while (laughs) and she's like isn't this how everybody deals with their mental health struggles because this is how I deal with it and I'm cheered up by this and like Rogue is like having a full on panic attack like she is that's too crowded Uh,
1: or she was Mystique was like genuinely being like let's have fun and not really thinking about the concept Consequence of what would happen if her sleeves ripped off because she did say you're covered up enough enough. So Mystique legitimately Yeah, thought, but like
0: Rogue was already freaking out even before her sleeve gets ripped off by accident. Like she was already like panicking just from being in the crowd, you know? Like it's not a good idea.
1: Mystique was not reading the situation very well.
0: No, she absolutely wasn't. So Rogue is freaking out and she's like covering her ears and like trying to act like nothing's happening. <laughs> and then... Yeah,
1: also this is, this is great because it's a great representation of a panic attack. She's not... Having Having flashes here this is just they do really good animation of what a panic attack looks like for a person
0: yeah so she's like shaking and like accidentally bumps into this guy who has a girl on his shoulders and then they fall over and the impact of that tears Rogue's sleeve. Which then means that when she bumps into another person who has a bare arm, they get zapped. And then she zaps other people.
1: Which she does like 45 times. Suddenly she's like, because she's in the pitch, so she's being thrown around and she's just draining the life out of everybody.
0: It's not good. And then she bumps into Risty, who is Mystique, of course. And so this time she's bumping into a mutant and like... It's like a serious zap.
1: Okay, but do you know what I love about this though? Is that her bare arm touches Risty's coat and it starts zapping Mystique because it's Mystique's actual skin.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah, it is cool. It is cool. And so then because of this, Risty turns back into Mystique and Rogue absorbs all yes. Mystique's memories. Right. Turns into Risty really briefly, which I thought was cool. I mean, there's going to be so many transformations in the rest of the episode, but. There's just some fun animations here. And then she turns into herself and then she turns into Sabretooth of all characters because she's remembering that time when she touched Sabretooth like ages ago. I think just because she's it's so, season one, she's so angry that Risty was mystique this entire time. And who better than Sabretooth to be like the symbol of anger? Although she is also going to turn into Juggernaut later, who's another great example of that. But she turns into Sabretooth as, like, sort of this pure anger feeling that she's experiencing. And then she, like, starts screaming as Sabretooth and, like, running through the crowd. She charges the stage. She gets up there.
1: Did you also mention that, like, when she was touching Mystique, she's seen shots of every shot of Mystique on this show?
0: Yep. So it's, like, every single memory of Mystique she now has. Because
1: they they touched for a really long time. They touched so long that they had to put a commercial break in there. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. A whole, like, hours went by. Yeah. And so then when yeah. this um, rogue saber jumps up on stage the band obviously stops playing and is like what the fuck is happening this is terrifying because it is and then Rogue I wrote Rogue Tooth because I was like how do I describe Rogue, saber rogue Tooth.
1: tooth. <laughs> I have Rogue slash Tooth, but I like Rogue Tooth more than that yeah
0: so Rogue Tooth jumps on top of this like huge tower of speakers and then up on the catwalks because she's a cat now and then everything starts falling
1: like a thousand speakers onto
0: the crowd yeah it's terrifying there's a lot of
1: speakers like more speakers that I've really ever seen at a concert but that's okay like it was like a tower of like 55 speakers.
0: Yeah it's insane and so Jean then uses her powers to levitate the speakers so they don't crush everybody to death and then Kitty's using her phase powers to like save other people like there's this random woman that Rogue Tooth is jumping on top of and Kitty like phases through.
1: Yeah Kurt teleports some people away. Yeah Jamie uh,
0: runs in and like duplicates himself to fight Sabretooth and then like Sabretooth gets back on stage and is like throwing shit at a bunch of the, the security detail. The concert attendees are running away and Mystique by the way is just standing there in her blue form like just in complete horror like oh my god what have I done for like all of this
1: yeah I would say like Mystique's reaction in this is like she does not know what she's doing anymore and she realizes that the situation is completely out of control and that she also fucked up somebody she cares about so
0: yeah yeah I mean again she's in shock like she isn't intervening she's just standing no. there which is sad and then Scott blasts Sabertooth with eye beams and then a bunch of shit falls on top of uh rogue tooth And Kurt bamps over to the rubble and he's like, I think we got him. But then Rogue flashes into being the juggernaut and like smashes out of the rubble, like as the juggernaut and runs away and Mystique follows and Jean and Scott are like regrouping and they're like, what? Like Sabretooth and the juggernaut and Mystique? Like what is happening right now? Yeah.
1: Like Kitty's like, what the fuck is actually happening?
0: Yeah. And so then all of them are like, I guess let's go to the mansion. Like I don't even know. I think
1: they like leave and call Professor Xavier and they're like, uh, something really weird's happening. Yeah. Then rogues in the, like in the road somewhere in the middle of the city and there's sirens, there's cops everywhere.
0: There's a police car that is going to try and kill her.
1: She shifts into Magneto yes. and starts using our powers to, push the cars away
0: i mean it's cool i know this is like the saddest thing ever but like it is cool to see rogue like using every single power that she's ever oh, had. i
1: i mean like there's a scene later on where she uses like she multiplies and they're all using different powers yeah it's but so then cool. she sh- she shifts into Quicksilver and runs away really fast. Then she sees a cop car coming, so she shifts into arcades, so she just looks like a normal kid. Yeah. Uh, and gets away into an alley, Dark Phoenix style, where she falls behind like a dumpster and just starts sobbing, like full-on sobbing. It's
0: so sad. And then Mystique finds her and is like, Rogue, are you okay? And Rogue screams, get away from me, because now she knows everything. Right. And Mystique... Mystique should have apologized here. I'm just going to say it. She doesn't. Okay. But
1: Mystique's not, <laughs> Mystique is not very good at that. No. In this, she
0: and I, is we, not.
1: Okay. We always t- we always talk about how Charles Xavier is a bad father figure in this. And honestly, Mystique is right up there right now with him.
0: Oh, yeah. She's not doing not doing a good job. She is an abusive parent as well. I'm
1: not going to excuse her behavior. Okay. Although at least Mystique's expressions in this looks like she's horrified with what she's done. With, where Xavier just kind of arches an eyebrow and he's like, I can't believe that I'm listening to this. Even.
0: <laughs> yeah. Xavier's like, how dare you blame me? She <laughs> <laughs> should have apologized, but instead she's like, I know I've hurt you, but I only posed as your friend. So I could be near you, which is like, you can't defend that mystique. Like, what are you doing? No.
1: Also like, that's also really sad. It
0: is really fucking sad, but, and I do feel sorry for her, but I'm also like, you should have apologized. So rogue then turns into mystique herself, which I thought was really cool because like then when they're fighting, it's like rogue as mystique and just mystique is mystique. And they're like fighting physically and uh, verbally. And rogue is like, liar. I know the truth. You use me to spy on the X-Men. And mystique is like, it's not that simple. And then she's like dodging all of rogue. Rogue's attacks as as Mystique and is like, please don't do this.
1: Yeah, Rogue's not doing really well with the fighting at this point which Logan also brings up later.
0: Yeah and Mystique kind of like backflips away and she's like, if you have my memories, you know what our relationship is. And Rogue is like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Mystique is like, admit the truth, Rogue. I adopted you when you were four. Search the memories. You're my daughter. And
1: Rogue's like, no yeah. no, no, no. And she runs away and bounces <laughs>
0: away using Nightcrawler's powers and like hangs out on a rooftop for a while crying yeah, there's also really sad
1: music playing for a while. And
0: then she hears a motorcycle. It's Logan's motorcycle cuz Logan's looking for her. And right. she then is triggered into Sabretooth and is like Wolverine and like has Sabretooth's memories inside of right. her. And then Sabretooth leaps down onto Logan. And then Logan is immediately like, "Uh, I can't fuck you cuz you're a teenage girl." Cuz he like sniffs at Sabretooth for like 1 second and he's like, Hold on, you're not. Uh, yeah, I, well, first, first I he like so he funny. like
1: breaks out his claws. He's like, yeah, he's, and he's like, wait, he doesn't smell like the animal aftershave that makes me come. <laughs> and I was like, because like saber or or I guess rogue tooth is like fight me and she grabs a lamppost yep. and swings around really shittily and Logan just like <laughs> calmly does a limbo underneath it and he's like uh you're definitely not Saber too yeah, <laughs> which really I thought funny. was really funny okay but then the blackbird shows up or one of the many vehicles that they have that fly. Yeah, I
0: think it's the van that shows up. The Blackbird shows up in a second. Right now it's the van where Cyclops pops out. Oh, you're right. right. So
1: Cyclops out. jumps out and he screams, I'm going to kill Sabretooth. <laughs> Logan screams, Cyclops, no. And Cyclops does it anyway because yes. Cyclops is the worst and does not listen to anybody. Yeah,
0: I know. I know. And then
1: Cyclops is like running after the hole he just blasted Rogue Tooth through in the building. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to kill the shit out of him. And Logan's like, "Uh, you're not going to do that because that's rogue and she's not thinking straight yeah and and everybody goes what (laughs) (laughs) it was like yeah yeah. and kurt
0: is like how is that even possible and logan is like i don't know but it is and then (laughs) (laughs) i like that actually though because logan is just like listen i don't really give a shit how this is working i just know that's rogue so let's not be stupid here this is
1: what i made a note about how this is when logan is somebody who's a highly traumatized character right yeah and He's emotional and having male all the time. And but then it's like rogues here and she's having a traumatic experience, clearly, and having a mental breakdown. And Logan's like, I don't want anybody else in there. I want to go talk to her because I get it. And I'm here for her. And like, none of you know what this is even like.
0: I know. But for some reason, Scott also goes with Logan, which like, whatever. Fine. Well, I, guess, I
1: guess Scott has some trauma. After I mean, like, let's be real. Like, he died because his Dumbass dad threw him out of okay, a ship you're when, right, you're right. when all that I, shit happened He lost his brother Fucking
0: Corsair. And then he
1: thought he thought Havoc died again And then Mystique literally t- like Tortured him in the desert Okay so. but he
0: kind of deserved that anyway whatever So Scott <laughs> <laughs> walk into the building Where, where Scott threw sabertooth Rogue Tooth in and Scott is like Rogue Are you in here talk to me and Rogue Turns back into Rogue and she's like moaning In agony throughout all of this it's so Sad but like really well animated There's nothing
1: like happy about this This entire episode.
0: And so Scott is like, tell me what's going on. We're here to help you. And Rogue keeps like flashing. Like she keeps having flashbacks to various memories, and then she turns into Scott and attacks Scott as Scott, which like is kind of funny. Incidentally, that, that like really Scott funny. would attack Scott. Um, but anyway. I know, but like,
1: so she uses the optic blast against yes. him, and like, and
0: he's like, "This hurt more than I thought." And it's like, "Yes, yeah, Scott, Scott, what did you think you were doing?" This you should stop killing people. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. So then,
1: then Rogue looks at them because she's Rogue again. Yeah, and she is sobbing, and she says help me I know this is this again is the indication that Rogue would have killed herself to make it stop and Logan says we will Rogue just stay calm and Scott says we're your friends and then Rogue remembers immediately the heartbreak of remembering that Mystique was Risty and so And she screams, I have no friends and uses Storm's powers to blow apart the building, right? Yeah. And all I can think about in that time is like, if you've ever experienced real heartbreak, which I know you and I have both have, Mm -hmm. no matter what anybody says to you in that moment of the initial heartbreak, you don't feel you're just too wounded to even really feel like anything anybody tells you is even the truth.
0: Yeah. And also like in this situation. Okay. So there's the heartbreak of her realizing Scott is never going to feel anything for her. Like she feels for him. That's the initial triggering episode. But then the much more extreme episode is the mystique situation. Like that's so much worse to be like, Oh my God, my only friend at school is my mom. Who's abusive. And, like, was abusing me in the course of becoming my pretend friend. Like, it doesn't get worse than that, you know? Like, of course Rogue doesn't trust anybody, but she's living with fucking Xavier, who she didn't even want to live with in the first place. It's just that Xavier was, like, the next step up from Mystique, which, like, that's all she had. Like, I don't know. It's so many bad things have happened to Rogue. You can't blame her for, like, having this breakdown.
1: I agree. And, like, I don't know. I think her heart's too fragile in this moment. And so, like... I know that when I've been through like a super hard, bad heartbreak or something like that, that somebody will come to me and they'll say something and then suddenly. Like, I'll be listening and be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And then they'll say something that reminds me of the person that broke my heart. And then, like, it, you just feel, like, your heart getting stabbed. Yeah, and you're, like, and
0: you're just like, no, you really don't get it. And I can't even talk to you right now. Yeah. It's that. But also, she has storm superpowers. And so she's, like, oh, yeah. exploding the building. <laughs>
1: yeah, That's right. And then, like, everybody's outside. And Jean's like, we've surrounded the warehouse. What's wrong with her? And Scott's like... It's like every person she's ever absorbed is fighting to take over. Yeah. And so then there's all this crazy, crazy animation shit, which is like really good where Rogue is now a storm and a tornado and she's like up in the sky in the city. And
0: she shoots them with Scott's eye beams. Yeah, it's so badass, but it's also like terrifying. I
1: laughed actually really hard at this next line where Logan screams, wait rope has got everyone's powers. I was like, Logan, yeah, fucking duh dude.
0: And he concludes it by saying, "And it's not a good thing." And it's like, yeah, Logan, <laughs> it isn't a good thing.
1: You're right. I love Logan so much He's because, so like,
0: dumb. I love it. <laughs> He's like, wait, have you guys noticed how many powers Rogue has? And everybody's like, Logan, yes, we've noticed. <laughs> so then the X jet flies in with Storm driving, and Storm is just like, fuck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh a rogue just throws a blackbird aside and it crashes and so like hank just passes out beast is
0: completely passed out xavier's like screaming in pain and storm is like uh, <laughs> charles and xavier's like just go honestly like there's nothing we can do you can maybe fix this
1: yeah like beast had no reaction type to this at all before he was just passed out yeah
0: he beast is dead now
1: the x-men i wrote a note here where like the note here is that the x-men literally Do not know what to do
0: They don't Which is sad And it's like
1: This is like Beyond anybody's Cognition of what To even fucking do
0: Yeah And so Scott is like Okay Jean Use your powers To pull her down Which like That's not gonna help anything So Jean tries to And then Rogue just fights back And like throws Jean away Like a little Flicking away a paperclip And then Scott is like Shooting his beams at her And Rogue just repels them With wind I don't know
1: why He was doing that Why does Scott think He could resolve things By shooting things
0: I don't know He's stupid God
1: he really does Take after Xavier. He's like, Xavier's He's like, all about guns. guns,
0: and my eyes are guns. And it's like,
1: oh my God. Yeah.
0: And so then Kurt bamps up and tries to grab her and is like, you're coming with me. And then she just bamps away from him, and like Kurt falls on the ground without her. It's
1: interesting. Because like he bamps them both away and then rope Bamps Black in place and then we see another shot where Kurt is bamfing like completely somewhere else, you know?
0: Yeah. It's almost like she like redirected the Bamp for something. It's kind of fun.
1: Honestly, this would be a really interesting way for them to animate mimic if they ever put him into one of these TV shows and had him like mimicking all their powers. It's kind of that level of uh, power
0: yeah I mean it's why Rogue is so freaking cool yeah So Storm swoops in and she Tries to be like I'm sorry but I can't let You hurt anyone else but then Rogue is like Also more powerful than Storm at this point So she easily overtakes her as well Well
1: that's cause like Rogue's- Rogue has
0: every power <laughs>
1: A Storm actually Electrocutes Rogue with one bolt Of lightning um, which Rogue retaliates By using three bolts of lightning on Storm Which causes Storm to pass out and Gene catches her telekinetically yeah. But I can only imagine like if you're in Rogue's position and she thinks that she's been betrayed by Scott's emotions and by Mystique as Risty, and now all of her friends are s- like straight up trying to shoot her, electrocute her, you know, do all these things where they're like, OK, I mean, yeah. I don't think any of these characters would have actually done anything great enough to shoot Rogue or kill Rogue.
0: I don't think so either. And I think. I think deep down Rogue knows that they aren't trying to kill her, like the real Rogue. But she is currently overtaken by so many personalities that she like doesn't even know how she's truly feeling at this moment. You know what I'm saying? So like, and some of those personalities hate the X-Men. That's true. And she as Rogue is like, I don't know if I trust them. So it's tough. I mean, it's like, how does she even know how she feels? So you can, I still feel like it's building up to Rogue trying to off herself because it's like... I don't know. I mean, this would be. Maddening. That's. I
1: mean, that is that has always been my read on the episode. Yeah. Luckily, Logan is yes. the one who figures it out, and God, he's like, Guys, "Thank God
0: for Logan."
1: Let's stop trying to fucking attack her because, like, that's not going to work.
0: And he's also like, "I can take the beating better than you can because I have a fucking healing factor." So everybody else fall back. I'm just going to go up to her, sort of like the end of X3, where he's walking towards uh, the Dark Phoenix. Gene. Yeah. Right. This is a very Dark Phoenixy episode, although it's Rogue instead. Right. And so then Logan. Is is like ice up kid which i was like what is he saying and he's talking to bobby and bobby like creates this huge ice tower for him to like <laughs> slide up into the sky to grab rogue and he grabs her and they go back onto the ground and then this is the scene you were talking about where rogue multiplies like jamie and then like has a billion powers and there's like a billion rogues and it's first, awesome first
1: They land and when they land she splits Into like five different rogues And then Logan says rogue I know what it's like for nothing to make sense in your Head I've been there and then rogues, the rogue, it's like crazy. Like one's using magnetism. The other one's like using optic blast. The other one's just throwing shit around. And the other one's just teleporting. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus, that's like <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. But
0: I like Logan's line here, though, where he's like, listen, kid, the others inside you, you're letting them push you around. The rogue I know wouldn't take that off of anybody, which like this that's is such true. a great argument for him to use with her. And it actually works. Like rogue suddenly gets kind of quiet.
1: Well, because it's true, though, because that is always been rogue because rogue always doesn't take anybody's shit and any incarnation of rogue
0: and he's like reminding her who she is at her core and he's like i'm talking only to rogue right now you're actually the strongest one out of any of them and so then she gets quiet and logan goes that's it stand up to him and rogue goes logan there's too many of them and logan just keeps going fight it stay tough and rogue just says no like a million times which is like Really sad. That's, that's
1: again, again, where I am like, I feel like she would have killed herself.
0: I know, because I don't know if she could overcome it. But then fucking Xavier swoops in and he's like, hey, hey, bitch, <laughs> I'm here to fix your brain. I don't know That's not what he says
1: He's like He's like Work with me Rogue So I can delete Everything in your brain And it was like Is okay. this a good idea Xavier I don't
0: know Because Rogue's like Screaming in pain I just I think it's so interesting That they always do this Whenever Xavier's Using his powers On somebody The person is like In absurd pain The entire time And it's like Is this, this right <laughs> Like is this,
1: this is You are a terrible therapist Like in therapy They have you deal With your emotions You're
0: not like Screaming in pain The entire time Right like uh,
1: well sometimes you are but you work Through that because you're learning how to deal With them and accept them so you can let them go Xavier's just like I'm gonna like Delete push it. them out of you <laughs> in like The most painful way possible So Rogue's starting to shapeshift as The camera spins around her and she's just Screaming as all these different Characters at one time yeah Which is a, it, definitely a horror move here Yeah it's terrifying and as she's shifting and Shifting she doesn't even shift into all the characters She's touched in this so like honestly Xavier didn't do a good job but it, even that thing that he decided he was gonna do
0: no he deleted a bunch of people I guess but like not everybody but not
1: all of them yeah. then afterwards Rogue shifts into herself and falls into Logan's arms and Logan's like she's gonna be alright Charles Charles and Xavier's like I <laughs> don't know if I actually did anything that helped there by the way and
0: then he just like slowly uh, bags up his wheelchair <laughs> like out of the frame and <laughs> it's like ah uh, <laughs> It's not actually funny because nothing in this episode is funny, but it is very much like, um, whoopsie doodle.
1: The typical shit that Professor Xavier would do. And
0: so then the camera pans up to a building where Mystique has been watching all this and like, again, hasn't been intervening. She's just sad and just like, fuck, I fucked everything up again.
1: The final shot we have here of Mystique on the building is an expression of sadness. Yep. Like she doesn't look angry that they're taking... Rogue away. She just looks sad, which is what Mystique does. Remember that episode in season one where she was like, "I can't have a relationship with my kids," as she watches like this m- kid run up to her mother from the principal's office. Oh my office.
0: god! I forgot about that. And she just like oh.
1: looks at that. And she starts crying. Like that is Mystique. Like she's just not know how to be a mother.
0: Wasn't that in the same episode where Xavier showed up to her office and was like? hey bitch I have all of your children because you, you are a terrible parent and it's just like don't you remember that like fucking Xavier was like I forgot Xavier
1: did that where he was like <laughs>
0: he was like remember when you had kids anyway you don't now and they love me more than you well bye and it's like what the fuck is with you <laughs> Xavier is
1: so bad All right. anyway so back at the X-Men Logan is sitting by a rogue's bedside
0: because it's the X-Men and somebody has to watch somebody sleep constantly. Okay,
1: well, okay, that's fine. Well, this time it makes sense. It Logan's does. watching over her, and I think she's actually awake here. I do and too. So, I do too. And it's but Xavier, however, is just outside around the corner, just sitting there. And I'm like, what is he doing? He's like peeking around the corner. I don't and know. And then Scott looks over, he's like, hey, why are you fucking doing that? <laughs> also, like, how long has he been in there? And Xavier's like, he's never left her side. And Scott's like, but she's recovering, right? And Xavier is like, Kind of slowly. I don't really know. Uh, I'm going to quickly evade the question about what I did here and say, having all of those other personalities driven out has left her very fragile and her toughest challenge is still ahead of her coming to terms with who Risty really was and who Mystique really is. And honestly, honestly, Xavier is right that right now that those are, that's the biggest the challenge. Biggest,
0: However, right. I also was like, wait, so now Xavier only knows about who Risty and Mystique really were because he just read rogue's mind right I mean well,
1: yeah that, that makes sense because Mystique doesn't ha- after season one he couldn't read Mystique's mind anymore and right. that's when so
0: now he has all this information courtesy of Rogue basically I right. just that annoyed me but anyway it's fine yeah because <laughs> he went
1: in there he's like he's like I'm gonna delete all these parts of your brains which after
0: I look at them <laughs> Now
1: that both Magneto and Xavier have erased Wanda and Rogue's memories, how long was it going to be on the show before all that was going to come back and bite both of their asses? Like, I really wanted to see how that was going to play out.
0: But apparently this is all really just building up to an apocalypse storyline that we're never going to get to. But that's the end of the episode. Before we get there, we have this really nice scene between Logan and Rogue. And Logan kind of sighs and he's like, I won't lie to you, kid. Getting over this ain't going to be easy. Something about betrayal always sticks with you. But trust me, you learn to deal with it. You move on, and you let your real friends be there for you. And Rogue reveals that she's been awake and listening this whole time because she opens her eyes and she's sobbing. And it's like yeah, a and really she, sweet she holds moment Logan's where hand. she like, holds his hand and is basically like, yeah, you're my real friend. I mean, she doesn't say that, but I feel like that's the implication of it. She smiles
1: at him. I know. And they just both like, like sit there and sob together quietly. It's so
0: nice, though, because it's like oh, look at this, these traumatized characters that are going to be there for each other. I mean, that's the X-Men, you know? That's the X-Men. I know, I mean,
1: (laughs) and in in the comic books, Logan and Rogue do have that relationship with each other. I I mean, like, I know it got more so after X-Men 2000, but, like, she was, like, one of his sidekicks for a little while in the late 80s, so, Mm -hmm. you know, it does count.
0: Yeah, and I do feel like this was inspired by X-Men 2000, but, like, that was fine with me, you know? Like, it makes sense for them to know each other. Yeah,
1: it does. And also, like, I think putting those two together two characters together works really well because of the trauma they've both endured like i think yeah i like it i like that
0: i like it too so then we get this final scene where mystique and destiny are in a car together and they're like outside the x mansion i think
1: nobody sees this limo by the way nobody
0: sees them and mystique is like what do your visions tell you now destiny is rogue still in our future and destiny is like she is but now a great darkness looms on the horizon, enshrouding you both. An ancient mutant will rise to once again walk the earth. Your fates, both yours and Rogue's, are in his hands. And it's like, oh great, a fucker Great. <laughs> Do they both become horsemen?
1: Oh uh, no. So like, <laughs> okay. So I forget what ha- what happens with Mystique. When Mystique does become one of the horsemen in the final episode of this show, because I was kind of like quickly done. I don't remember the circumstance of what happens in the last two episodes, but Mystique turns to stone because of Apocalypse. And right. like it has something to do with Rogue. Like Rogue turned her to stone, I think. Um, or she had some partial take in it because Apocalypse takes over Rogue's mind from like super far away and makes rogue go and touch all the mutants again and all these Oof. other people in the world. And so she basically comes back to this point where she is right now where she like, so even though Xavier deleted all that, like, she basically gets everybody's powers and then thousands more. Wow. And Terrible. Apocalypse uses her. <laughs> and then at the end, Rogue feels used. And then she also feels like she's been used to turn Mystique to stone. And she feels responsible for everything that happens, which leads into season four, where, like, Logan is there for her. And she's he's like, you know, it's not your fault. None of this is your fault. I'm Rogue. Basically, eventually murders Mystique and then leaves the X-Men for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a really interesting story. Rogue has a really good arc on this show. And it's really unfortunate that this show just stops on Episode 8 of Season 4.
0: I know, because, yeah, they clearly had a lot of ideas.
1: Oh, my God. They set up all this stuff in Season 4 that... Like, doesn't go anywhere, but I've, like, rewatched some of season four recently just out of, like, fun, and I was like, there, there's no humor left at that point. It's just this incredibly dark show, kind of like, you know, how, like, over time, Avatar just became a really dark show, yeah. and it was, like, not really, like, a kid's show anymore. Like, that's what happened here, and I think that's why the show did get canceled because they were like this is not a show for children anymore and nobody's <laughs> watching like, it because really it's like dark. too serious and dark yeah it's
0: also like too reliant on previous episodes at this point like it's not like monster of the week stuff okay, but in
1: a way like x-men the animated series was not because x-men the animated series would do like a giant plot line that they'd also end in the same episode yeah but that arc would be like three years worth of storytelling from the comic books. I know. So this is a very different approach than that.
0: Yeah, I know. But I feel like that's also probably why it didn't work because like having a serialized children's show was just like not how television worked back then. Like nowadays you can just watch the entire season on Netflix or whatever and it's completely fine. But back then it was like, you miss an episode like all the time. And that means that you can't understand what's going on anymore so that's no. a problem anyway yeah um, I loved this episode 5 out of 5 me
1: too <laughs> me too 5 out of 5 6 out of 5 I love it it
0: was incredible incredible episode this show
1: is really good there's been like 2 episodes we haven't liked and they were the ones that had to do with Fred Dukes and Storm, Storm. when they did the weird racist shit with that it is funny because like the only time I have gone back to watch either of those episodes was for this show and I had forgotten how bad they truly were and
0: like nobody ever needs to watch them than us. Like, everybody else can skip those two episodes. It's Mutant Crush and African Storm, you just skip them on, <laughs> and then it's all good. Yeah,
1: really? But the rest of the show has been like five out of fives the entire time.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we've had a few like three out of fives and four out of fives where we were like, eh, this didn't really work. Like, for example, the Logan episode that we referred to at the beginning of this one, like, I think we gave it a three.
1: Yeah, but we still enjoyed it because that's like really oh, funny. It's really
0: funny. I mean, it's like, it's With fun. the mind
1: control dial. Yeah,
0: it's completely ridiculous. Like, it could have been done better. But it's like, I feel like this show has gotten stronger and stronger as it's gone along i don't know it's really fun also i'm excited for next week because next week's episode is about gambit and warren worthington and it sounds really fucking gay so it's called under lock and key and it's like gambit doing a heist and then warren being like i'm gonna stop you and like i'm excited for that sort of sort of but
1: it's what it actually is is that it's a the team up of that episode is Cyclops, Gene, Beast, Iceman, and Angel.
0: Yes, because they're trying to mimic like the original X Men, right? Just for fun. Yes. For no reason. Yes. They're just like, sure, let's mimic the original X Men. I think
1: what was going to happen in season four that we didn't get to is they think that Warren was going to turn into Archangel. Like, I do think all of this was doing a lead up. We're going to, we will get the creators of the show on here and we'll be like, Okay, we have like a thousand questions, and we may have like five minutes of your time, but you need to answer these questions. <laughs> At
0: the very least, we should send them some emails or something and just be like, it's okay if you just email us the responses. Like, we gotta try and make something happen. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. I we mean, like, go. I have
1: so many questions about the show because the show is really good. By the way, this episode is basically like three different Steven Universe episodes in one. I like, know. that is the vibe of this
0: episode. I know. I know. It's interesting, but it's like so fucking dark. I don't know. I definitely it recommend it um do you have any other thoughts before we do i mean i feel like i
1: talked about everything before we started the episode <laughs> so if you want i could talk more about like that college teacher that i still wish i could find his last name and be like hey do
0: you still want to go on that day <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well i'm rooting for you and on that note Thank let's you. talk about who's gay the ex gay who is gay uh so i guess i'll say just the mandatory shout out to destiny and mystique because they are literally gay like they yes. are one of the few characters along with Piager on this show where they are married they are in sort of yes. an on-again off-again relationship but they're married and that's to me they are the gayest that's <laughs> characters canon. because it's literally canon and like there's no I mean, it's just it's completely mundane as to how it's presented, which I like is just like, yeah, of course, they're married. Like, don't even worry about it. Um, but then also like Rogan Kitty are still sleeping together and Kurt and Scott are still sleeping together. It's just that yeah, by this point, the but characters Kurt's
1: super jealous that I Scott is interested in somebody else because like Kurt and Scott weren't like officially dating. So it was just like boys having fun. And now he's like, wait. But what about the blow <laughs> Yeah.
0: And it's also like Kitty's gay and like going to a concert with a 12 year old because Rogue wouldn't go with her. And it's sad. OK. Also, like,
1: I don't know if it was intentional, but I really actually feel like Kitty on this show is gay. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like she has a male interest. Well, she
0: has Lance. But oh, that's, that's right. work
1: out I always forget about Lance because it's so weird to me Okay <laughs> she's not gay, she's bi, which is actually canon yeah,
0: It is canon, it is canon And like obviously she wasn't gonna take Lance to the concert Because she and Lance are in a fight And Rogue is like not herself for this entire episode, but I don't think Kitty like understands what's going on there. I think she's just kind of like, okay, Rogue's doing her thing Rogue again. wasn't like,
1: telling anybody. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Rogue's just in the corner being all of us in high school where we'll be having a good time at a party, and then suddenly one of us leaves to go be in a dark corner and sit there dramatically, and nobody knows why. Yeah, and it's just like, I may well, have been that person sometimes. Ryan's being
0: Ryan again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's like how it was. Yeah. But like we all took turns. Remember, oh my God, there were like at least six or seven of us within our core group that would all be like cheerful. Then suddenly like they, one of us would disappear and then we'd be out there being <laughs> dramatic and being like, everything in the world is terrible
0: nobody truly understands how i'm feeling and who i'm hiding inside there's
1: an evil twin (laughs) brother that possesses me all the time and he's just waiting to get out that
0: evil twin is the one who's positive and happy but that's not the true me (laughs) the true me is dark and it's like what is happening right now
1: i don't know that was like (sighs) high school for us right there
0: well then we all came out of the closet and things got a lot better Uh, that is true but i do i do like
1: that there were like 12 to 20 of us in our core, core group that were all super, super god, that we all took turns doing this, and then all of us turned out to be queer. I so, know.
0: I know. You know what? Sometimes it's like that, folks. Sometimes it's like that.
1: I hope not. I hope it's gotten better. I
0: hope so, too. But until then, we have episodes like this with Rogue, which are just awesome. I don't know. I mean, it's really sad, but... As somebody who struggled with depression as a kid, I could understand it in a fundamental way and it's right. sad as hell, but I, I I, liked it. I thought it was really well done. I guess this has been an episode um,
1: of The Mutant Ages
0: hello everybody who's ready for the episode <laughs> oh my god okay so as I said next week's episode or no two weeks from now's episode is under lock and key um yes also we're doing this thing now which will have already happened by the time you listen to this but on our YouTube channel every month we are reading doing a live reading of a rejected live-action X-Med script so go check out the YouTube channel for the mutant ages go look at that backlog watch us reading a script. <laughs> (laughs) which we're doing tonight as we record this so hopefully it went well um and uh definitely subscribe to the youtube channel so you can watch that every month i know this the podcast is every other week now but uh we will be having those on the channel and that's just some more fun mutant ages content for you to enjoy and uh, i'm really excited about it
1: if you want to send us an email like last week we had a listener email you could do that by emailing us at the mutant ages at gmail.com. You could also write in physical mail or send us fun things that you want to send, which I promise I I'll be checking pretty soon. It's PO Box 3344 Natick, Massachusetts 01760. You can find that all on the right at the and we do open up that mail on the YouTube channel that Maddie was just talking about. You can also leave us a voicemail at 1508-319-1668. We had a couple of wonderful voicemails on our last listener mail, so we're always looking for that. And also, you can follow our YouTube channel, which Maddie just talked about. We didn't really talk about the other things that are on there, which is like our gaming, which we play other... We play X-Men, X-Men games. We do X-Men parodies. Some we do Resident Evil shit. Sometimes <laughs> we just... I don't know. It's like whatever we feel like putting up there, but it's mostly X-Men stuff. And you can follow me on my YouTube channel, too. Yeah. Which is just Ryan Pagella. I do theme park vlogs. They're a lot of fun. And the Mutant Ages is everywhere. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, TikTok. And I am on those platforms as well instagram and tiktok is Ryan.pajella and twitter is ryan pagella maddie where are you?
0: I am at Midi Myers on all of those platforms. M-I-D-I-M-Y-E-R-S. And did we mention the Discord? Did you say that on the list?
1: I did not. Okay. You can do that. So
0: we have a Discord server. If you go to MutantNagents.com on the right-hand side, there is a link to join the Discord. You should definitely give it a join. And while you are <laughs> over there looking at links, there's also a link to our Teespring store where you can buy a Bishop t-shirt or Bishop says time travel is real or a bag or a mask or anything else you want. The Mutant ages logos on all that merch as well and if you want to support us in other ways we have a patreon patreon.com slash the mutant ages we've got bonus episodes there we've got downloads of my music that i write for the show and if you are our highest tier patreon supporter we give you a shout out on the show oh no Samuel Bass so I'm being Zach Hester on my head I can't get who am I anymore oh my god
1: wow also thank you for uh, being our top tier Patreon supporters
0: <laughs> I just can't you I just can't get you out of my head alright anyway I love uh, it I love it Oh my God. Um, Cool. I'm trying to think if we need to say anything else. Oh, right. Ratings. Okay.
1: That's right. So,
0: that's right. So, let's say that you don't have any money, which happens to us all from time to time. You can. Stop.
1: Why is this playing now? And I can't get to stop. Okay. (laughs) I was just trying to Google it and then it started playing and it was like, gonna dial 911. And I was like, why?
0: can you get you out of my head okay
1: this is like not even southern anymore i don't know what's happening
0: okay Whew. anyway if you don't have any money you can always go over to apple Podcasts or facebook those are the two places i know where you can leave us a five-star rating we hope you'll consider leaving us five stars thank you very much and write a review and tell everybody you like the show that increases our visibility in the old apple Podcasts app and also if you've already done those things. Consider sharing the show on your personal social media and telling your friends about it. Tell your friends you like it. And that is much appreciated.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All right. Well, thank you everybody. Yeah, I know. I just got to listen to this now, but I'm going to stop. Okay. I'll stop. The first time was an accident. The following three or four times was not. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Mutant Ages. I'm highly professional. We also have to get back together tonight so we can do the live stream. It's so if true. you have not tuned into that, you can probably find the uh well replay. I said refresh, replay later tonight. I'm losing my mind, Maddie. Oh my god! <laughs> we'll
0: see you next time. The mutant ages